Welcome to Series 2, Episode 14. I speak with Emma Cartmel, CEO of CHS Group UK. We talk about being positive whilst your business is snoozed, how Emma has learnt to navigate business through her own journey, the highs for CHS Leeds and growth through Birmingham. Her biggest tip, don't be the smartest person in the room. Thanks for being a fab listener and don't forget to subscribe. Welcome to the Johnny Ross Audio Experience. I'm Johnny Ross, founder and digital marketing strategist of Fleet Marketing. Each podcast, I'll be bringing you an expert to inspire you, to give you some great business growth takeaways, and to get you thinking about marketing and the bigger picture of how businesses can improve, adapt, and grow. I look forward to sharing this with you on each podcast. So here we go. And welcome to another live Q&A. Today, I've got Emma Cartmel, CEO of the CHS Group in the UK. Uh, how are you, Emma? I'm really good, thank you. Yes, how are you? Um, yes, I'm good as well, thank you. Uh, you're joining us from the uh, Canary Islands today. You're in uh, Fortaventura, is that right? I am, yes, yes. Spending the winter out here. Making the most of lockdown too, I believe. Yes, just was determined to end this year on a high and uh, and avoid the uh British lockdown or the English England lockdown yeah <laughs> I think that's a, a, a very good idea um I want to you know I've known you for for a long time um in fact uh you asked me to speak at one of your conferences many years ago I think it was at Leeds United uh and we've we've seen each other uh Ellen Road should I say we've seen each other uh, many times since but you know I want to get to know a bit more about Emma today um, and uh, and how you got into this event industry, um, and um, and and also where you get wh- what you're currently doing as well. So I wanted to rewind massively, if that's mm-hmm. all right. Um, well. And 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 because um, you started out in energy, is that right? Yeah. So I left school um, at sixteen, and I, I was a completely different person. I was kind of a real um, kind of swat at school and very very um, studious and what have you. But I don't know if it was just because of kind of being brought up in that Thatcher's 80s. I was a very fearful um, 16-year-old of um, kind of believing all, you know, the the news that was around me and what have you. So all you saw was kind of the minor strikes and all that kind of thing. So whilst I was planning on going off to college and possibly university, I applied for a job just because we were doing it at school. You could apply for jobs. And I kind of thought, oh, well, you know, I'm not... You know, I'm going to college, but I'll apply. Um, went through quite a rigorous process and then got offered a traineeship with Northern Electric. And whilst it's been, it was a brilliant nine-year career there, I did it out of fear. I did it because I thought I could go to college, spend two years at college and never, ever get a job forever for the rest of my life. And I was would, I would here at 80 years old, kind of still you know, trying to get a job. So I accepted the job just because at least it was a job. And um, so all the wrong reasons, but it was it's part of the journey, part of the story. So, so yeah. What was the role that you were doing there? So first off, it was a traineeship. So you kind of went around all different roles. So I did went into sales and marketing and um, kept me out of accounts, but sort of all the um, different kind of customer service and all that, various different roles. Then I got really into sales. So I work, if people are old enough to remember, when Slack launched um, Economy 7 Heating along 
well, 30, 30 years ago, uh, I worked in the sales department then. So we were kind of fielding all the inquiries for the, for the Economy 7 and what have you, managing, I was kind of a sales administrator, really managing all the sales guys going out and, and selling Economy 7 heating. And then I went into a department that's called restoration, but it was all about when there's faults and people lose their power and then ring in and complain and try and claim for having a whole cow in their fridge freezer and say, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I want compensation. Um, and that was quite a technical role, kind of finding the fault, finding out what happened, putting that into layman's terms to writing to customers and telling them how they can claim for compensation and what have you, or not as the case may be. Um, and Mandela, yeah, comes between um, kind of te technical teams um, and, and customers. Just to uh, remind everyone, uh, if you're watching, we're live on Facebook, uh, LinkedIn, and YouTube. If you're watching on replay, maybe just put hashtag replay in the comments. Also, if you're listening, welcome to the podcast. Uh, thanks for listening. Um, and um, uh, please don't uh, uh, forget to subscribe. Uh, just to say that if you are with us live, you can comment as well. Judy Phillips says hello to both of us, uh, which is very kind. Thank you. And if you've got any questions for Emma throughout, please do uh, ask questions. Um, so the... My understanding is that as a, and, and sorry, Emma, one of the things that we're going to very much focus on and talk about is positivity. Um, and, uh, you know, there's there's no hiding it. You are in the events industry um, and, you know, you, you're going through a huge doom and gloom and, and, and horrific uh, time with this, uh, this chaos. But uh, you're taking a very positive attitude and we're going to and we're going to uh, talk more about that. But before we get to that, if that's all right, uh, the um, uh, so you're in the energy, energy industry, you were exhibiting for them um and you saw an opportunity yeah so um and in fact informer was the company that organized the um still do energy conferences and we exhibited so i kind of knew what i'd paid to exhibit it and i had negotiated a good price with them and what have you so i sat at the back of this conference and i knew what everyone had paid to be there i knew what i'd paid to exhibit and what other people had paid and i was just kind of doing the sums and thinking hmm really easy must you know must be really easy to make money this way because they're making like you know shitloads of money doing this which they were um and then i think beyond there i saw that the guy that was in back then informer was privately owned it's now one i think probably one of the world's biggest event management companies and i was reading the sunday times rich list and he was on the rich list and i just thought oh somebody who organizes events for a living is on the sunday times rich list and just as a side issue uh was it yesterday that there was an announcement about the vaccines? Informer yes. share price went up by 27% as a result of that did, announcement. Yeah, so, really? yeah, so anything like that, all these good news things that do have an impact on our industry, um, you know, in real terms. But um, so, yeah, so then I had the opportunity for voluntary redundancy, which means I got a bit of a payout, um, enough to kind of live for a year, um, a very meagre um, earnings, but I could survive if you like. So I took my payout, um, set up a company and ran it for, for nine years. And in fact, Julie Phillips, she will come into the conversation, I'm sure, who's just said hi. She was one of my um, uh, biggest clients, actually. Um, for those in the wow. Northeast who know, who remember Codeworks and Thinking Digital Conferences and what have you, uh, we um, helped organise a few of those their events for them. So, so Julie and I go back all that time as well. So, so you started. Uh, so you were doing event organising, um, and um, things were going well. But then a few years later, um, there was there was some big losses with big clients. There was a, another pandemic. Uh, with yeah. uh, 
people probably remember 2008. I don't, I keep wanting to say SARS, but I don't think it was SARS, but there was something, it wasn't as big as this, obviously, because I don't think we've ever experienced anything like this from a pandemic. But um, uh, we had a couple of big NHS conferences and they were cancelled because of whatever the, that, the, um, pandemic was at that time. It, it was never as bad as what it was imagined, but we just couldn't risk having lots of NHS people in one room at one time, A, because of um, contamination, but B, because if, if it did all kind of kick off and they had to get back to the hospitals. So we had a, that big event cancelled and a couple of other big events. And I just had too much kind of personal money invested in the business. We we're looking at facing big losses. Um, and I don't for one minute want to, it was 2008, so there was a kind of a big crash at that time anyway, but I wouldn't blame it on that. I would say that that was down to my, um, I suppose, lack of experience really in running a business. I was, you know, the event organising was great, but I wasn't, I've always had a mentor, but I probably wasn't surrounding myself with sufficient business owners to get the skills that I needed. It was my first business I started when I was 25, approaching 26 kind of look back now and call it my my practice business or you know that my, my you know my baby that we had that I kind of clung on to for too too long so yeah 2008 um the business went under and 2009 I had to declare myself bankrupt and um, lost everything the house the car like I had you know clothes I stood up in uh, I was married at the time um, and John was actually part of the business as well. So, yeah, we both went to live. His, his mum took us in and we went to live with her for a while to get back on our feet. Um, wow. And even though it was personally devastating, um, it was a, it was a good – it actually probably propelled me further in terms of my ultimate goals in life because we're very lucky in this country that we have those laws available to us because in some countries we don't. Um, and it enabled me to um, move on and create wealth elsewhere and employ people and all the things that, that that's what those laws are there for. Well, I, I, I mean, yeah, it must have been a, an extremely tough time. And I was going to say that when you start a business, no one, no one sort of gives you a book on how to do it. Uh, although, having said that, we're going to get into this. There's a there's a book <laughs> that you are, are very, very passionate about. That's called yeah. uh, tra Traction. Is that right? Traction, yes, yeah. Uh, uh, and um, and 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 it's sort of where you've, uh, as of today, um, uh, very very centre of what you're currently doing. Um, mm -hmm. But having said that, you know, you can give someone a book, but it, it doesn't really uh, uh, tell them, you know, it doesn't doesn't actually help them achieve it on the, on their own. Um, so, so you know, I think going through what you went through, uh, I can see how it's a massive learning curve, you know, and and, and it makes you think about the, the, the important parts, I, I, I can only assume. I, yeah, I think it's kind of in business and in life. So I, I was sort of saying to you earlier that, when you lose everything and you've got to rebuild your life, you kind of, you don't put the crap back in. So you, I'm, I would say now I've very much lived my life on purpose. It's why I'm here now, a very conscious decision to be here um, and the reasons why I'm here and, and what have you. So when you look at your life, you, you, you know what it's like to have nothing. So you, you want to make sure that you really focus on the good stuff and your value. Because when you lose everything physical, you realise just how rich in life you are because your friends are still your friends, your family is still your family. You still have the skills and experience that you have. You still have the connections and the contacts that you still have. People have this huge fear that you'll be, um, and, and there, there is still um, 
sort of negative connotations with it in this in this country. Um, but you know, for me, there's almost like lost, like a lot of envy. People going, "Oh my god!" Like I wish we could kind of you know move on like that and, and what have you. So you really rebuild your life on really solid ground of just knowing who you are, what you've got, who surrounds you. I did a lot of personal development at, at, at that time just to kind of keep which we've been talking about as well is making sure I'm very big on when you're going through a tough time fill your brain with really positive thoughts emotions films everything and just as little as possible of all the negative stuff so I spent a lot of time in the kind of personal development world whilst I was rebuilding the business um, and that business is CHS Group that we that we own. To, well, I own today. Um, obviously, we've had a tough year this year in the industry. We organise exhibitions, um, but yeah, we've built uh, with me and my team a really good business on strong foundations, um, and it's a business that we all that we all love. And uh, we're missing it massively at the moment because we just all love being in the business. We've all had to, you know, find. Well, obviously, furlough's been a huge help, but we're, we're still facing six months of a, of a tough time in our industry. So we're all supporting each other, but we can't do that in the company that we've that we've built. When when you built uh, CHS Group, um, I think you you've had this mantra: "Don't be the smartest person in the room," uh, and and that's about you know making sure that you've got experts to help you all the time. Um, you, you know, uh, I. Uh, you achieved some huge successes with CHS. Um, just, just what what would be the highlights of what you know? What 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 would be the the that you'd look back at CHS and, and say, God, I'm you know that that was a big thing for me. Every year got better. So with CHS, our main exhibition for people who don't know is called CHS Leads. Um, so the first directorine. I mean, even just moving from venues, we were sat at the Royal Armouries. Then we went to Ellen Road and moved into the first direct arena. Just the whole, that was a big thing for us because it made, enabled us to create the CHS Rocks marketing campaign that kind of talks about, like, do you rock the events world? Because we're, we're in a music venue. So just creating and rebranding all that um, was, I think, I'm, I'm more, I get excited about the planning and the creation of something than I do about the event delivery itself. So as much as I absolutely love that we deliver events, on the on the day, I kind of, you know, it's it's not. I wouldn't go far say I hate it because it's what I do for a living. But I much prefer the create. So so moving to first direct arena and having and and really jumping up in size. It kind of doubled the size of the business in one in one year. And then earlier, no, last year, late, about this time last year, we launched. Um, CHS Birmingham which was a new show and that was really exciting that was meant to take place a couple of weeks ago it's now been postponed to April 2021 hopefully um and again just all that you know for me it's all about building the network getting the partners on board taking everybody on the journey with you getting the team excited so that the ducks you know it's not just another event that we're doing it's you know, so we're creating things constantly. We've got huge plans going forward. Um, they've obviously just all been put on hold for this year. 
Yeah, I, 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 having been to the event at the uh, first direct arena, I mean, you know, it was a huge step up. It was brilliant, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, and it was lovely to see. And I absolutely loved your Rockstars campaign. Uh, I've always loved your marketing. Uh, it's very, it's always very integrated. It's very thought through. You like, uh, you like planning. You actually, Johnny, at one point, yeah, I think walking into a workshop to help because we had so yeah. many ideas. I remember they were kind of they were getting crazy, and it was becoming a bit mimicky. Like, oh, should we have statues of, you know, of singers? I was like, mm, it's a marketing campaign. It's not a theme. It's about how we, you know, how we communicate with our audience and how we say to, you know, event organisers, we think you're rock stars. So, yeah, I remember now you you actually helped us. We, we came to you for a workshop and you helped yeah, us. Yeah, it, pri- it was prior to the Rockstars campaign, but it was all about oh, the strategy and, and the planning. Yeah. And, uh, and 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 it was, it, was, it, it was great to see you. Uh, wanting to put those steps in place to have have a proper strategy, um, yeah. and uh, and 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 that was you know that uh, that was testament to you to you, to the way you talk and what you say, which is you know get the experts in um, and 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 let's get every piece correct and 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 I guess because of some of the learning that you've got that you went through. So so the the um, uh, so the CHS group, of course, right now um, it's uh, you know th- that. That business is, is 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 of course there, but not running. Yeah, it's snoozing. We get the snooze whilst the uh, pandemic, you know. I like get out the way. Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. We're still very much um, we're planning for next year. We're excited. We've got some great ideas, um, you know, for beyond twenty twenty one. It's I think it's just now a case of it's been heartbreaking this year because it's everything that we tried to do. We've had that organized it, cancelled it, reorganized it, cancelled it. And it's just been a year. So we sort of last month said, look, you know, because even so CHS Birmingham was cancelled for um October before so this was we cancelled it when we still had the first of October go date. So in theory it could have still gone ahead. And we did that in collaboration with all of our clients and sponsors and our advisory board. And we, we rang every single one of them and said, how are you feeling about this? Because it's not looking good. And, you know, pretty much everybody said, we'd feel better if you moved it next year. The venue were amazing in terms of saying, yeah, we'll we'll move it um, to next year for you. So that was a, bit, a big collective decision to move it. And then about a week or two later, the government announced that the 1st of October date was under review. Of course, it came and went, and, and we are where we are now. So we just, we made a decision back in September, I think it was, or certainly very early October, to move everything into next year. We were going to try and do some small events, but there's just we just thought it, we could we can keep on banging our heads against the same brick wall. And what's that thing about insanity? It's kind of doing the same thing and expecting a different result. <laughs> yeah. We're trying to do events and events aren't happening, people. We're not doing them. And um, and it will be probably Q2 next year before we can even start to think about, um, you know, events again. So um, whilst there's positive news on the, on the horizon, we just thought we've got to think about different ways. And, and, and some people chose to go virtual and hats off to them. Some people have just absolutely... Um, I don't, using the word pivot is right but taking things online and we just didn't want to do that we were like we do live events we want to commit to live as much as this is great I would much rather be in a studio with you right now talking to you face to face it's you know um it's and when you're doing a big exhibition and there's certain there's all the things that happen at an exhibition of all the kind of bumping into people I tell the story quite a bit about um 
uh, a lady called Jan Denning, who we had Simon Rimmer from um, the, the from Channel Force um, Sunday. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, speak for us, and she was a huge fan. And we arranged that she could ask one of the questions to him and what have you. And she she made sure she sat right at the front of the stage, and she wanted a photo with him. But we had to get him out of the building because his train was leaving kind of ten minutes after his speech. So we tried to kind of get him, and um, Jan kind of ran down one of the opposite aisles faster than him to get in front of him, jumped in front of him with his, with a selfie camera and snapped a photo of them both. And like, you can't do that virtually. There's absolutely no way. And it was hilarious the way she kind of made a run for it. She was determined <laughs> she was getting that photo. And, and I tell that story all the time about that that cannot be that cannot happen virtually. Well, she couldn't have met him and spoken to him and rubbed shoulders with him and you know attacked him almost kind of well, um, we chose not to do that. We're committing to live and then focusing our energies elsewhere for the next um, however long. And new opportunities are coming, so who knows where we'll be. Well, well you're right. I think I was on stage uh, directly before him, actually, um, and I did exactly the same, got a quick selfie just before he went on. <laughs> so I completely get it. Um, yeah, yeah. You, you used the, uh, a word earlier which um, which made me me think and reflect you, you said um unorganizing and and I, I didn't i've probably not considered how much work there is in unorganizing an event um yeah. and, and and bearing in mind that there's no money coming in to to, to do that um has that been a uh, quite a job yeah it's been um obviously financially a strain because you've got to pay people to do that that work you've still got to keep in touch with people i mean what what's great about a lot of stuff now obviously is that we've, we can schedule a certain amount of work going in so i don't have to wait you know things like keeping in touch with people our newsletters and, and things like that we can we can schedule but yeah there's a lot of work goes into and it's not just organizing um or can't you know unorganizing like all your suppliers it's negotiating with them to make sure and 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 some are more you know um able to help than than others and um and it's organizing all your payment plans with them when you've got no money coming in but then it's also you know we have 200 customers and to we you know we don't want to just cancel and leave them we've got to take them on the journey with you you've, you've got to get them to to believe that this is going to happen eventually and and to sort of stick with you and, and not pull out and not and to have faith in what you're doing. And that in itself is a huge job, especially when all of our customers are, or majority of our customers are hotels, but they are all in the events industry uh, as suppliers or, or hoteliers and venues. So most of them were, were furloughed. So we couldn't even speak to clients. So then, so it's not just a case of picking up the phone and saying, here's where we're at. It's emailing, LinkedIn, picking up the phone, speaking to somebody else. And there's still a few clients that we've not been able to speak to, but we assume that they've seen <laughs> you know very yeah. press that it didn't go ahead kind of thing um so it was a huge challenge to and a huge timely and that's what I say a lot of people might not realize is it's not just a case of ringing the venue and saying hey can we move it it's it's quite a feat we're going to uh, get on to very shortly talking about the uh, the passion around the book, how you're currently helping uh, other entrepreneurs, um, and the whole positivity uh, part. Before we get on to that positivity part, I think I think the uh, the the I want to talk about negative the negativity side first, um, which is you know there is a whole 
doom and we uh, you you said earlier we were having a quick conversation earlier and you said you know of course we need to get across to the government uh how bad it is for the event industry but and and there is doom and gloom but at the same time we need to you know look outside and 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 help ourselves that's what you sort of uh you know you're, you're saying even today there's still social media posts going out that that are just there's loads of negativity on them yeah, and, and I don't want to be disrespectful to people because everyone's got their own journey and there's some people um, who have been affected much more than us. So I don't want to be disrespectful. This is all about my approach to it. And I was very much aware. So during the sort of the first lockdown, we had half the team on furlough and half still working, kind of unorganising the events. Um, so we didn't really get a lockdown in terms of, you know, when people were off, you know, people were furloughed, God bless, you know, making cakes or learning new skills or learning a language or to play the piano. We were just so busy working um, and kind of coming through that. It was almost kind of, no, you know, I stayed, I had to stay positive for the team. I had to stay positive for our clients. I, had to, I was doing lots of interviews where, um, and then it kind of thinks, oh, hang on, I've been keeping this going for almost, eight, well, eight months now, feels like a year. And just very aware and conscious that it could come and hit me. That So I was, um, and I was reading all the industry press and all the Facebook posts and LinkedIn. And I was just, it was just starting just to get me down a little bit. And, and I have, don't get me wrong, I've not been positive the whole way through this. I've had my head down and I've had, you know, tears and tantrums quite a few times and being picked back up again um, by colleagues and friends and, and what have you. But yeah, I was just very much aware that I can't get, I can't keep reading all this stuff that's really negative because it's going to pull me down, down with them, if you, if you like. So I made a conscious effort to monitor and just really reduce. I've still got to keep connected because it's our industry. I want to know what you know industry friends are going through. I want to be part of the solution and part of the lobbying um, and, and such like. Uh, I sit on the board of the AEO, so you know there's a lot of lobbying that takes place there and we're part of different groups. But I wanted to surround myself equally with lots of other stuff just so that I wasn't being drawn into it and only spending my time in that what I thought was or felt was negative space. Um, hence what I'm doing now, but also I'm lucky, but well, not lucky enough because um, I made a decision and paid for it. But, you know, we, I'm, I'm part of a mastermind group that's full, um, full of people from all different industries. So by making sure that I'm um, um, involved in that in, um, network means that I'm seeing some businesses absolutely thrive throughout this pandemic like they've never known before. Uh, other companies you know, really growing massively and hitting some um, growth problems and, and what have you. So it's great to be part of that and, and being inspired by all that and spending time with my business mentor, my business coach, two different people. Um, and yeah, just making sure that I surround myself with all that kind of positive stuff and having a balanced view of what's going on in the world because it's not all bad. It's there's, it's there's a lot of bad going on around the pandemic, but it's not all um, it's not bad for everybody, should I say? Did Did you just say that there was a, that you've got a business mentor and a business coach, two different people? Yes, yeah, so my business mentor is like an industry mentor. So that's um, a guy called Paul Kennedy who has um, been in the industry for forever and um, is uh, he used to work for um, a big exhibitions company. So he's kind of you know if I need to know advice around the industry and what I need to do to sort of steps to take 
from a business perspective, very much bespoke to my business. He um, guides me and advises me in that sense, more like a non-exec director role. Um, and then my business coach is part of a mastermind program. So we get together as a big group or used to get together. We have been doing either online or groups of 30 whilst that's been allowed. Um, and it's all about updating, you know, increasing your business skills, networking and learning from other people. Then I get together every quarter with age of the businesses. And so the power of the mastermind is basically that everyone's, you know, eight people's brains are better than one. So if I've yep. got problem I have to and it's like a board meeting so I'm going to present my plans my financials and I get grilled as if they were all you know investors want to know if my if my financials are sound want to know if my business ideas are sound want to know that I'm not kind of getting too optimistic and think you know that because we thought we'd be winning events in October and now it's like it'll be Q2 next year probably so just kind of sense checking all your all your plans and ideas and um, and all that kind of thing. So that's been it's invaluable anyway, but more so at the moment, uh, having those people around me to um, keep me on track. And and what you're now doing is the same for other people. So just tell me about this book. What's what's what? Tell me yeah, about so, traction. And you you said something earlier. It's kind of we can all read a book, but implementing it is is different. And I'm I'm guilty. I've read hundreds of business books. I can consume them. At, you know, I just love them. I love to learn. But it's in how often do you implement something? But I was so taken by this book. It was somebody who I admire in my business recommended it to me. Um, and uh, it's called Traction. And the premise of the book is that your company runs on a system, whether it's designed or not. Uh, you know, you, you have a culture, whether you design it or not. And this has, it's called the Entrepreneurial Operating System. So it's ideally for client, custom, um, sorry, companies with less than 250 employees. So definitely the... Um, SME market and it's all about it goes to everything kind of your vision and values and your culture or through to your people your processes your data and kind of ultimate um, kind of all come together to have traction so that your business runs and I was sat with my business coach we were doing a team planning day and sort of to plan set the goals for the year they said what is it that you want from the year Emma I said oh if I could just have a business that ran like that book traction I'd be happy it went, well, that's great because you can, there's actually a scoring in the book, so you can you can measure that. We can score ourselves now, set a target for a year's time, implement the book um, and all the tools. There's, like, there's dozens and dozens of different tools that help you with all aspects of your business. And we can, every quarter, we can measure progress and have a target for the following year. And so great, so we got the whole team on board. Everyone signed up to the, you know, the vision. We had a 12-month vision in terms of where we wanted to be. Everyone loved the whole, all the tools in the book, and we were we started to, we kind of identified. So you score yourself on each tool, sort of between one and five. So we're kind of looking where some of the quick wins were to get us up to our score up, and some things that needed more work. Um, and yeah, so Julie Phillips, who I mentioned earlier, she's been working um, for me for God seven or eight years now. I think I don't know if it's that no, it can't be that long, five or six years. I think uh, she's now our chief operating officer. She's the one that implemented it. Um, and there's another book from the same series called Rocket Fuel that talks about you have a visionary and an integrator and visionaries tend to not be good at actually making things happen. We've got all the big ideas. We speak a complete different language to most people. We're the ones that kind of, you know, I'm the kind of person I get out of the shower and I've had 20 ideas and, you know, 19 of them are probably really bad. One might work. So I've got duty to go to. And then when we've got the idea, she can challenge me on it get it into a plan and then communicate it to the team. And that's kind of the real 
benefit of that to relate that relationship of visionary can overwhelm the staff, they can overwhelm people um, with all their ideas. And it's like, we can't keep up with you, Emma. You know, that's kind of what I was hearing all the time. So Julie kind of told them to back off <laughs> and she kind of <laughs> runs, you know, runs the company, the team go to her, you know, and that frees me up, you know, so very much now how we like it is, you know, I'm more paid to think and she's paid to execute and she executes all the plans with the team much more effectively than what I could. Um, so yes, yeah, so within the mastermind, everyone kind of looks to us because we've we've really done it. We've followed the process. We measure ourselves. We 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 do it. Um, it's become part of our business. It's not something that we've just got done and then put to one side. You know, that's like a tick box. We live and breathe it. Um, so we've got clients now sort of coming to us and saying, "Can you can you help us? Can you come into our businesses and help us implement it as well? Because we see what it's done for you." Um, and and the see and, and so things like one of the benefits I can take a month off work easily now and I'll come back to the exact same business um if not better in some cases but the you know the places will fall apart when I'm not there and that's one of the biggest benefits in the, the business runs I know exactly where it is I've got everything measured and I can go off and not even worry about I'm not saying I don't think about it or I don't check my emails I do but I can go off and and here I am now for almost three months in the Canary Islands, and not that we're that business is trading as much, but we're all keeping in touch. We all know what we're doing. Um, we're all because there's next year. because there's clear processes, clear expectations, clear strategy, etc. Yeah. yeah. What well, with regard, what what are the some of the clients that you're working with now? Then, so it's very early stages, but they're all different types of clients, um, and it, so none of them in our industry. Um, so yeah, so it's it's people who, a lot of them who are kind of more, you know, looking at either growing or they have been growing and it's kind of getting out of control. And that's what a lot of business owners find when they go through a growth. It's like, now I don't know what's going on. Um, I can't keep, you know, so before we did it, I had like, everybody reported into me. So I was spending all my time trying to kind of, you know, um, speak to the team and answer all the questions and, and what have you. And it was like, I'm not, sounds cool, it's not that nobody was thinking for themselves, but I was too easy, too too accessible to come to. It's like, yeah. no, actually, if we get this documented, we get this process, you have accountability, you know what you what you do contributes to the growth of the business, you can make decisions, you know, within your within your role. If I'm not available, you can speak to somebody else and kind of go, yeah, we think we know, we know what, you know, we know what the goal is. Is this decision going to take us further towards that or further away from it? That's what Emma would do. She'd want us to go further towards the goal. We can just do that. Um, and, and I'm not saying it's without, you know, fault. There's times when somebody would make a decision and I would say, yeah, I probably wouldn't have made that decision, but here's why. I'm glad you made a decision and not got into that habit of just coming to me for all the answers. So it helps yeah. build up their own skills of decision-making and accountability and what have you um, without me being the um, kind of firefighting constantly. Is is there a particular industry or sector that you can see that you'll you'll be doing some work for or that you've got that you that you're excited about or passionate about or is it is it really just quite it's the implementation of the, of the tools more than so it doesn't matter what industry it is. It's yeah. it's actually seeing a business transform from it's usually the owners that have got kind of a bit of burnout or they're trying to do too much or they they know they should be doing all this stuff, but they're too busy either working in the business or the two you know, so it's all even things like um within EOS to call it like letting go of the vine, which is basically delegating. And I was struggling with that. And, 
in, in in fact our first team meeting um my business coach was saying it's kind of like his boss sometimes it's like a um, a snake that swallowed a sofa because none of us can get around this issue because the owner is a snake and they won't let go of it, but they haven't got time to do it because they're too busy dealing with all, this, all the you know team problems and what have you. So now my team will go, Emma, you know, you're not going to do that. Give it to us. <laughs> let us do it. You go off and do what you do best. Let us do what we, because we have this feeling that only us can do it or it's quicker yeah. to do it ourselves or we can't, you know, it's too long to train somebody or no one can do it as good as I can. And you've got to let go of all that stuff and actually bring your team on and get out, you know, build them up and then get out of their way, basically. Yeah. Uh, and I think a telltale sign is when you are finding that you're answering all the questions all day, every day. Um, yeah. You know, yeah, that I, I, I'm, I'm, I can uh, think of familiar experiences there and, and, uh, and it's, it's not a good thing to be in. Uh or work with them in light thinking, oh my goodness, has that been done? And actually knowing if something's been done or not. Whereas now, yeah. tools in place go, yeah, I can see that's been done. But not yeah. even even now, because we ha it's all about kind of how you have your meeting rhythms and things like that when things come up. Um, so it's, um, and I, I kind of have confidence now that if it's not been done, there's a reason why. And if there is a problem with it, they will have come to me or they'll be solving the problem. I don't, yeah. I don't wonder if my team are doing what they're supposed to be doing. Yeah, yeah, it makes so. sense. You, I want to t uh, talk more about the positivity side. Um, you've uh, you've tapped into your spiritual side, uh, but also th th you described to me how um, you you've been uh, absorbing lots of Netflix, but only positive stuff. I, yeah. I, I mean, what a great idea! Um, t tell me more about this. Yeah, it's all around. So I've, I've, I've come out here to Canary Islands for a few months just to kind of really, I kind of said, I was joking, I said, I'm getting my lockdown now. So this is my chance to kind of learn new skills. And and so I've, I've started Spanish lessons and I'm, so I'm just enjoying being here in the sun and what have you. Um, so yeah, the TV is Spanish. So I've only got Netflix really to watch. And I just wanted to make sure that everything that goes into my brain at the moment is really positive stuff. So I'm signing up to lots of webinars and things all around kind of goal settings, uh, goal setting. Um, I'm a big believer in kind of law of the universe. So if people have watched the movie or read the book, The Secret. So I'm kind of good at doing a lot of stuff like that. So, yeah, so I watched a movie the other night called Joy, which is about um, a woman who was... Um, an inventor had lots of people around her telling her that she couldn't do it and her family invested in her and that she um, failed and the whole family just disowned her and made her go into bankruptcy and it turns out that she was stronger than she thought and I won't spoil in the movie but it's a brilliant ending and it's kind of a really good empowering story of how she absolutely you know um made her life and and went for it with actually no support at all from her family um and built her own empire and what have you so that was uh fantastic and i've just finished binge watching last couple of nights the queen's gambit oh yeah i've heard about that yeah um, and it's just in case you're thinking it's not the queen as in the royal queen it's queen as in a chess piece the queen and it's oh, about yeah. a female um world champion um chess player and again, that's just a really uplifting um, story and what have you. So, yeah, so it's just about staying positive, really, and, and not getting drawn into the, the doom and gloom. And the more we hear positive things, like the news about the vaccine and um, treatments getting better and cases falling, despite us having to go through a, a kind of a lockdown situation. 
you're very um, into your yeah. walking and walking and hiking as well aren't you yeah so i did actually manage to escape um september when we could travel and the the corridor was put in with italy the travel corridor which means oh yeah sit, but yeah so fco advice was that we could travel to italy and um on my i have a vision board that i do every year and beginning of the year this year I'd put on a picture of Mount Etna that I wanted to hike to the summit of Mount Etna. And then as COVID hit, and I was like, I'm, I'm getting there. I am doing that. So as soon as that thing, I flew to Sicily and then hiked to the top of Mount Etna. I've got some great Did photos of, yeah, yeah, of me at the top of a volcano um, and sat having a pack lunch at the foot of the volcano, um, chucking out rocks and steam and, and what have you. Oh, wow. Uh, well, yeah, I'm definitely a kind of, and this is the whole thing I was saying before about, you know, you, I like to think that I very much live life on purpose and I do. Um, and I don't always know, like right now, I don't know what's, what the event is going to look like for the next few years. I don't know what. So I'm just being very open-minded here. I'm going off hiking, for, well, not hiking, actually, walking. Um, but I'm, about, I'm looking for a hiking route whilst I'm here to go because there's some good hiking routes here. Um, but, yeah, I do a two-hour walk every day um, down by the beach and what have you just to let it all just enjoy being here and doing all my uh, reading and, you know, all the positivity stuff. Still working as well alongside that. I've not really stopped since I've been here. So there's not been much downtime apart from my two hours walking, but it's all very much designed. You know, my routine, I kind of thought it through before I got here, what I wanted, because it's very easy to get to do something like this and come and get into holiday mode and going out every night and something every day and then, you know, three months to be up and I've not achieved anything so it's it's all part of a plan it's not just about being here in the sun it's it's been in a great place where I can get outdoors and and take the time for me really you or you said uh living life for a purpose and and, and I think that's a really great idea uh yeah. and, and so 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 how do you it's around uh filling yourself full of positivity what's the what what other tips would you give there on on how to make sure you're you're doing things for a purpose um so for me a lot of it is um well starting off with just goal setting just thinking about so I've got a book that I read I've got my little morning routine and part of that routine is that I go through all I've got my vision board at home so I've got a photo of it whilst I'm out here but just think about the life I want to lead so um um so it's got some parts which is like lists of goals of things I want so the way to split it up is things that you want to be so you know who do you want to become in life and and who do you want to be for other people and for yourself things that you want to have and it's perfectly okay to want to own you know a new house or a new car or or what have you um and things that you want to do so that's kind of a lot of it that around is like sort of traveling for me but it was also like doing my Spanish lessons and things like that so I just check in with that every day to say am I, that's kind of my living my life on purpose am I creating the life that I want to lead and not just letting my days happen to me um and then I did journaling which is just kind of writing down whatever comes into you head and before long if you keep doing it for long enough your subconscious takes over and just starts kind of all scrolling for you you're still doing your own writing but um just kind of helping you tap into your subconscious um positive movies positive um you know netflix series positive reading um being around great so on the fun side we there was me and 
six industry friends, um, all women, beginning lockdown, just all we're kind of going through a tough time at different times. And we all decided to come together every Wednesday um, on Zoom. And we've created a Wednesday wine club, and it still happens now every Wednesday <laughs> together. Uh, at 5 p.m. for about an hour and a half, drink wine, and just with their just a support network. And we've luckily we've all kind of had a meltdown at different times. We've although we've all caught up on each other's news, there's been moments where we've just kind of focused on one person. On you know because they've been through furlough, they've been through unemployment, I've been through my stuff, they've been through pivoting their own businesses, through you know not being able to um, see as much as their children, and you know and, and things like that. So we've all gone through different. Um, heartache if you like over this year and yet so our Wednesday wine club is absolutely dear to us and you know we just keep saying we can't wait to do it in person but uh, we're all over the world like well Denmark, Spain, I'm here now and then um, um, London, Wales yeah so we're all over and we just come together every every week to support each other so there's loads you can do if you want to stay positive. I like, I like it it's been absolutely brilliant chatting to you um and uh it you know i've i've really got to know uh the the deeper emma thank you um <laughs> I've, I've i've always loved everything you've done you know especially with with chs and and i just have a feeling like as you say we've no idea how what's going to happen with the event industry and how long it's going to take but i just have a feeling that when things turn you're going to be at the front uh doing some very clever stuff i just i just have that feeling uh oh, and uh and it's brilliant that you're that you're going down this positivity route, and and uh, and I love that you you you're doing this, having this purpose of of being in uh, Fort Ventura whilst you're uh, going through lockdown too. So, yes. um, Emma, if we wanted, to, if you know, if I am a business owner that's read the book but isn't making it happen, um, and I wanted to speak to you, where, where what's the best way to contact you? Um, so this this new business is a partnership between myself and Julie, and um, the Oh, do I'm I just find you on LinkedIn? Is probably the easiest thing. No, it's I think it's Emma yeah. at cartmel-philips.com is the email address. I think if it's not, it's .co.uk. But these things, Emma Cartmel on LinkedIn is the easiest. Yeah. I was uh, going to say if you if you Google Emma Cartmel CHS, uh, yeah, you'll definitely find. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, um, and um, and and also for. Um, hotels and independent venues and and event organizers uh if you want to be part of uh whatever the events uh turn into uh, and you've not met emma before you should definitely speak be speaking to emma no question about that although i'm guessing you've probably met most uh hotels and independent venues oh, to be fair. Not, not. And I'm a venue, <laughs> as long as i can go ahead in april we'll be the first one to happen next year in the, in the country so uh how we so if hotels do want to um, you know, get be part of the recovery. Give me a shout. Brilliant. Um, thanks so much, Emma. Um, if you've been uh, listening, please do uh, like or share or comment uh, and uh, subscribe so you don't miss out on future uh, of these. Thanks again, and we will see you all soon. Take care. You've been listening to the Johnny Ross Audio Experience. Thanks so much for joining me. If you want to continue the conversation, head over to my website, fleet.marketing, or find me on LinkedIn. That's all for today. Please subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts, tag me in your social media posts, and please leave me a review on iTunes. It will make a huge difference for me. I will see you soon. Bye.